I want to share something that the Lord put on my heart. And um, I know it was the Lord because um, it's been confirmed several times today um, as we've been in these sessions. And I'm gonna use a different word uh, maybe than what some of our other speakers have used. Um, we've heard the word formation probably from every speaker today, right? Probably every speaker has talked about um, the importance of forming the right thing in our children, making sure that we are looking through a correct lens um, to God ourselves so that we can then form the children and form um, what we can in them. And what I wanna talk to you today is about worldview, all right? Um, worldview, and when we talk about worldview, um, a lot of times we like to toss the mic to Brother Kilman, and um, I appreciate that. Brother Kilman does a phenomenal job at the Bible College, but um, how many of you know the road starts before Brother Kilman? If the first time they hear about worldview is in Brother Kilman's class, if they make it there, then we, we have failed our kids. And so um, I wanna talk about this today and I wanna give credit where credit is due. Um, I went to a conference um, about a week, week and a half ago um, down at BJU Press, um, which is a Christian uh, curriculum company. And they presented some of this material. Um, and so I said, you know what, I have, I, I, my, I could just feel it. You know, I, I had been seeking for what to present in this conference. And, um, and I thought, I've, I've got to, I have got to present this. This is critical. And so um, I'm gonna go through several things today. So if, if you've listened to the speakers up to now and you've thought, okay, yeah, that's great, but how? How am I gonna do that? How, what does it look like to form Christians in my classroom beyond maybe teaching a Bible story, right? Um, what does that look like? I wanna hopefully give you some tools today if the Holy Ghost will help me to make it accessible to go from maybe theory and belief and value that we place in these things and make it something that I can then deliver to five, six, seven, eight-year-olds and up, all right? So let's go to the first slide. Um, let's start with a definition of what a worldview is. A worldview, um, and I acknowledge that there may be many definitions of this term, uh, but the one that I wanna talk about today is a worldview is a set of basic beliefs, assumptions, and values that arise from a narrative about the world and produce individual and group action that shape human culture, all right? So the three major pieces here, we have beliefs, assumptions, and values. That's what's inside my heart right? That's based on a story about the world. Depending on what your worldview is, our story is the Bible. <laughs> we don't call it a story, but it's the narrative that we've, we have based our whole lives on. So we base ours on the Bible. Um, there's a lot of stories going around though, right? A lot of stories in this world. Um, and when we combine those beliefs that are based on a story, they will hopefully produce action, all right, action, both individuals, so me, maybe just me, but also collective. As a department, we are producing a certain product. Um, next slide, please. Um, and I can't remember who said it. I think it might have been Brother Kilman talking about having in mind what we want to produce at the end in the beginning, okay? One of the fancy terms we use um, in education is to say we backward plan, all right, I'm gonna start with the end goal and I'm gonna go backwards and I'm gonna say, what do I have to do starting when those kids are in a three-year-old class 
to make sure that when they graduate at 18, I have formed the right things in them. Um, there are some examples of, of worldviews, all right, just to give you some reference. Um, feminism, all right, Darwinism, postmodernism. Um, but the question we have to ask ourselves is what is the logical end of these worldviews, okay? So if I am a feminist, then I might assume that, let's say, Brother Healy leaves me out of a text message, all right, by, by total accident, right? Because he's busy, we're all busy. He leaves me out. I might say, he doesn't appreciate me because obviously he, he's, he's got something against my gender, right? So there, it begins to form what I believe and then what I do because then I'm maybe gonna punish him in some you know, awful way. I'm gonna, I, you guys see what I mean, right? So it, those stories, those things that maybe women have been mistreated throughout the world and there have been times, but not in this church. We're, we're doing good. I don't feel that in this church, right? But when I have adopted that as my worldview, the thing that I see everything through, then it begins to affect my action, right? And so we have to consider what is the logical end. And when we talk about a biblical worldview, then we have to go to the end and say, what is that gonna do? And what it's gonna do is save us, right? We want our kids to be saved. Next slide, please. <clears throat> so these are some questions um, and I, I don't know who to give credit to. This is not my work. Um, but these are eight questions about a biblical worldview, okay, that sort of test where you are personally. Um, these questions were given um, to a, a sample of born-again Christians, and only 9%, according to this person, this surveyist, um, only 9% answered yes to all eight of these questions in a survey. Um, so things like, do absolute moral truths exist? Okay, how many of you know the world is against that statement, that absolute truth exists? They will kill you over that, right? They will slaughter you in the court of public opinion if you say there is right and there is wrong. When we say, is absolute truth defined by the Bible? Did Jesus Christ live a sinless life? And through these ideas, they begin to tear apart our worldview. They begin to tear apart what we have claimed as our experience as a Christian and what we know our experience as a Christian is according to the Bible. Um, let's go to the next slide, please. This is critical. It is critical. And you'll forgive my passion today, I hope, because I am just on fire about this subject right now. The Lord has just, I mean, I just, it's all I can think about, right? How can I make form a worldview more in, in kids that I work with because the world is becoming increasingly opposed to the word of God, all right? Um, curriculum and books actively promote secular philosophies, often belittling Christianity. I have sat in curriculum meetings in the last 12 months where they have planned how to put the right curriculums in the right schools, non-public schools, because it's federal dollars, to break down what they call the truth or the, the misconceptions that those Christians followed. And I stood there and I thought, you have got to be kidding me, not over my dead body. <laughs> like You will have to fire me before I subvert some of those things that these people hold dear. And 
our students, our students into a world where traps are laid. These aren't mistakes. There are traps laid um, to undermine and cause them to question their faith. And here's one, one that gets me. There's, they even go a step farther than maybe anger. They won't even engage with our kids in an arena of, of battle of, of ideas. They will just say, oh, those poor things, poor things. They'll pity kids that have been raised in Christian homes as though teaching a child the word of God is a form of neglect or abuse. We have got to build our children up where they can defend themselves against these people that think they can be little and take out every good thing in the heart of a child. And so I want to get, next slide, please. So what do we do? What do we do? We teach we do all the things that pastor talked about. We pray, we read God's word, and we fast. But you know what? God called me to teach, and he called you to teach. And we get up, and we shape a worldview that will protect our kids from traps. We will build truth into their lives, and we help them see all the ways that Christianity affects their life and their choices. And we don't just talk theoretical. We make it real life so that these kids can make informed choices we're bold in our face so that they can be bold in theirs, and we are strategic, okay? So if worldview was just filling a bucket and hoping that kids got it, then, then you know, we could, we could wait until Brother Kilman's class when they're 18, 19 years old. Um, but it's not. A worldview is a shaping. Just like I don't, you know, I don't, I don't teach a three-year-old how to cook using heat, Right? I have, there's a process by which I introduce things to children. And so I'm going to do that. I'm going to be strategic about what I teach them um, in worldview. Next slide, please. And so I have five levels that I want to talk to you today about. Um, if you have worked in public education or um, any, any form of education, probably you have seen Bloom's Taxonomy. And what this has done is taken Bloom's Taxonomy to some degree, um, and dropped it into a worldview context, all right? So when we start with little kids, and I'm going to go into depth about each one of these, maybe we start with just a recall level, just a, do you remember the Bible verse? And then we go to explain, evaluate, formulate, and apply. Because when they get done, I want them to know how to apply God's word, right? This is the method by which we can strategically incorporate worldview shaping into our classrooms. Next slide. Next slide, please. Oh, good. All right, thank you. Okay, so level one, recall biblical teaching. So if, you're, if you are like a kindergarten teacher in here, first grade teacher, you're gonna hang out in this level all day, right? What we don't want is for our fifth grade kids maybe to be hanging out in the recall level. All right, because we're not, we're not challenging them. They have capacity for more. So when we're talking about recall, we're talking about the ability to recall biblical verses. What are the key biblical statements on a certain topic? What does the Bible say? What are the key worldview-rich ideas in the subject? Okay, I'm gonna provide some examples, so I'm just gonna go through an overview right now. Are you with me? Are you, is your blood sugar super low? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're good, we're good. Okay, level two. So we've got 
recall. Now we're gonna move to explain biblical teaching, okay? So key questions, what do these statements mean? Okay, so um, I've got a, a kindergartner and we're talking about lying. I can say, well, what is a lie? And hopefully at their level in an age appropriate way, they can tell me what a lie is, right? And we can talk about what does the Bible mean? Um, and so we're adding another layer from just words, memorizing words to understanding, all right? Next slide. Level three, we're gonna evaluate core ideas. We're gonna talk about it. And th this would be where we get maybe to um, second at a low, lower level, um, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, and anybody above sixth grade is gonna just really live in formulation. Um, what's wrong with the ideas we're studying? Okay, what, what, what is counter to the Bible in this? Okay, I'm getting them to think, right? Um, how do the core ideas in this subject align with biblical teaching? Um, the affective component here would be kind of the emotional side, all right? So um, in an emotional way, where I want them to be by level three is that they are valuing biblical teaching, okay? They're not surprised that we're talking about biblical teaching. They are valuing it as a means of judging ideas and practices. Um, next, next slide. Level four, they're going to, we want them to formulate a Christian understanding, okay? So a key question here is, what is the Christian view of the things I'm studying, all right? The emotional piece of this, I want them to, them to conceptualize biblical teaching um, in order to construct positions that are biblically faithful. So all of that to say, I want them to be able to do some of the hard work on their own. Okay, I want them to be able to get into a text and formulate what, what, what does the Bible say about what I need to do based on this, okay? And then the last level, level five, I want them to apply Christianity, Christian understanding to their life. So how should learning affect my life? How, how am I gonna walk out different from this class or from, you know, I can't, look at the Bible and walk away and not be different. And I want that for my kids. I want that for our kids. Um, I want the kids at a high level to organize their behavior by biblical concepts um, so that their lives become characterized by a biblical worldview, right? They are characterized. They are, that is just who they are, all right? And, and people can, can shoot at them, but they've got the weapons to defend themselves. So let me walk with you through an example because um, we combine going fast during teaching and low blood sugar. We need examples, right? Okay, level one, let's go one more step. Um, so at the bottom there, I've got um, some examples. So maybe at a level one, all right? So even if you've got fifth graders, you probably are gonna start at a level one because you can't analyze what you don't know, right? So I'm gonna start at level one. Maybe they've learned this all the way through their whole Sunday school experience. And so maybe I don't need to spend as much time there. That would be the hope. Um, but we're gonna use the, the idea of creationism all the way through all of these levels, okay? And look at ways that we might teach this that would make them learn and understand more. So. Maybe at this point, we're gonna have them tell us the order of creation in the Bible, right? How many of you have done that in your class at some level? 
right? Okay. Um, or you've had them tell you something else. All right. So we use this strategy a lot. Can you tell me this? Can you tell me this? Um, and it's wonderful. It's the base of everything. There's a reason, you know, we build our houses on strong foundations, right? Because we want it to stand. And that's where we, that's where recall is when we're teaching. Let's go to the next slide. So at level two, when we're talking about creationism, remember, this is the explain idea. So I'm going to have them not just tell me. Don't, don't just tell me day one, day two, day three. I want you to tell me, explain how God created the world and to you know, make it a little interesting, I'm gonna have you do it to someone younger than you. Maybe I have a group of third graders and I'm gonna work with the first grade teacher and say, you know, at, at 1035, can you send send a group of your kids over. I want my kids to teach your kids about creationism. And that, it adds another level because they can't just, just repeat what you've said to someone younger. They have to take it in. They have to change it, just like we do as teachers. And then they're gonna help that younger kid understand creationism. But even higher, what does an even higher level of creationism understanding look like? Let's go to the next slide. Down at the bottom, the, the, the example. Maybe for creationism at level three, I'm going to have them compare and contrast creationism and the Big Bang Theory. Now, you're not science teachers. I'm not a science teacher. But at, is there a way that I could incorporate this into my class? I think so. I think so. I might not use the term Big Bang Theory. I might say, what have you been taught about creationism in school? Or what, what, what is another idea that's contrary to that, that I can have them compare and contrast? Think of both sides and say what's the same and what's different. We have Bible for this. I don't have to worry about bringing this subject up in my class because I have the ultimate authority, right? This, this isn't... This isn't a scary thing to bring these things up. Um, it might feel different if we haven't, but trying to cause kids to think at a higher level is always good, especially if it's about the Bible. Um, level four. Okay, so at the formulate level, we might have them do something like plan how you might defend creationism to someone that says the Bible is fiction. Right? So I'm going to put them maybe in teams. This might be my fifth graders. And I'll tell you what, you tell kids to defend something, and starting about fourth grade, something switches in their brain, and they turn into lawyers. I'm telling you. And it lasts till about, I don't know, eighth grade, you think? Maybe even longer. I, it, they are natural lawyers from the age of about 10 to 14. I mean, they could win in any courtroom, according to them. <laughs> according to them. Um, but this, this would be exciting to some of our kids. Plan it. Let's figure out what you're going to say. What are you going to say when someone looks at you and says, Psh, I, I've moved past that. I've moved past the Bible. That's, that's all fake. What are you going to say? And so this kind of thing engages them and challenges them in a lot of ways and prepares them. So what am I going to do at level five? So this might be... Um, someone, uh, maybe some of our older students. I think maybe with, with fourth, fifth, um, we could get there, um, but with a lot, of, a lot of help, right? So if creation is true, if creation is true, which it is, 
then how does that affect how I live my life? How do, and, and this is a springboard to just about anything, right? Brother Kilman, your whole class is based on this. If creation is true, what then now? What do I do now? I, I could open the door to any subject that's, that is um, attacking our kids, and I could go there from here. Um, it, because I built my foundation on the word of God, I've established the truth of the scriptures, and so now I can go into some of these other things. Um, and and this, this is powerful. Um, let's go to the next slide. Um, these are just a few ideas, and I by no means want to overwhelm you. I know um, I'm going fast. Um, but just a few ideas, because I know your teachers, and sometimes just a word will trigger a thought, and you'll say, oh, okay, I could do it that way. Um, and that's completely different than what she said, but it's my way, right? Um, so at level one, these are things like identify, all right, um, or list the important Bible verses addressing a key claim or an idea. Um, state from memory certain key verses, okay? Those are the kinds of activities that I might do at a lower level. Let's go to level two. I might have them explain the meaning of particular verses. Um, I might have them summarize the Bible's teaching or relate the Bible's teaching to a particular idea or concept, okay? Level three, I might have them compare and contrast ideas, secular ideas with biblical ideas, things that are contrary to the scripture. Um, and then I might have them judge the ideas for consistency with biblical teaching because I want them to be able to look and hear a claim, hear something that's not biblical and detect even that grain of untruth, that thing that is tearing it all apart, right? I want them to be attuned to that. So I'm gonna teach them when it's my chance, I'm gonna teach them how to judge things. I'm gonna put high level things in front of them and make them think. Next, next one. Level four, formulating a Christian understanding, I'm gonna have them construct and defend, okay? Start to use some of those instincts they have at this age to create arguments and make them start to think. Think about it. Defend this explanation to someone who disagrees. Okay, in level five, some of this, these are things that perhaps we'll never see. We, if, if we have contact with that kid in the future, maybe we will see the fruits of this. But we're gonna see, we want to see them using the learning. We want to see them implement it, and we want them to use it in their worship Right? If I know creationism is real, then I can praise God for a word that is steadfast and true. Right? There's, there's things that are linked here. Next slide, please. So what happens if we don't? Okay? If we don't teach and form and shape worldview into our kids, we send them. We send them into a hostile world with unformed worldview to defend what they believe because they will have to defend it. Maybe just to themselves, but they will be forced to defend. And when challenged, this is one that bothers me, when challenged, they might believe that because we didn't teach it, that we don't understand it and it's not true or we don't believe it. There's, there is a place for being explicit Okay, we can't leave them to figure things out on their own. We're going to be explicit. And we risk them having the ability to quote scripture, 
but not having the strength to live it or the knowledge of how to apply it to their lives. I don't know about you, but I lose sleep thinking about kids that can quote scripture, can do it all right in my guarded little area, but when they walk out, they have no idea what to do. I wanna teach them, right? I wanna give them real world problems. When they're, you know, playing a video game, you know how they do sometimes, and they're linked up to someone on the other side of the world, and that person starts taking the name of the Lord in vain, I want them to know, I better get off of this. I, better, I, I don't have to say I'm okay with that or it's okay. I'm getting out. I want them to have real world solutions to real world problems because I made them think and because God's helping us. Okay, next slide, please. Um, <clears throat> one of the people at the conference I was at used this example and um, I, don't, I will never forget it, I'll say that. Um, and I hope I can communicate it in the way that you won't forget it either. The rich young ruler, we all know him, Matthew chapter 19. Um, what did he have? Okay, so I want you to imagine this young man standing beside me. Okay, he's dressed nice because he's wealthy. He's dressed, um, dressed cool, right? Okay, he's got it together. Um, he has financial knowledge because he's wealthy. He's not, he hasn't, you know, thrown away his money. Um, he has leadership ability. So he's at the top of his class because he has leadership ability. Um, he has drive. He has wisdom because you don't get there and stay there without being wise, right? Um, he has a good reputation because for him to be seen as a leader, people got to trust him. So he has a good reputation. Um, and he has humility and knowledge to seek salvation because he approaches Jesus and he says, what do I have to do? but something was lacking in this young man. Something was lacking, next slide please. He recalled the scriptures. He could explain the scriptures. He could evaluate right from wrong and he could formulate plans in many areas of his life to a high degree, to the point where if this kid graduated from Calvary Christian School, I would say, CCS grad, CCS Right, I'd be proud, not, not ugly proud, but godly proud. Like, look at that. Yes, right? But he couldn't apply the whole word of God to his life. And that's what it came down to. In that moment where Jesus said, sell it all and follow me, he, he didn't even, he just walked away. He walked away with emotion. He was sad. He was sorrowful, but he knew he couldn't do it. And what was it in him that wasn't taught, that wasn't modeled, that he didn't buy into, that caused him to be able to walk away from not just the word of God, but the living word of God and be able to say, man, that's just too much. I'll give it all, everything else, but that, that's too much. And I want our kids and you want our kids, we as a collective group want our kids when faced with difficult choices in real life, to be able to make the choice to walk towards the Lord and not turn their back. And we're all here for the, the same reason. I know that. I've worked with many of you and I know your heartbeat. And I do apologize if this was too fast and I threw way too much at you right before lunch. But I, if, if you have a takeaway, I want you to walk away thinking, we need to be more strategic, okay? 
I might not have got all that because she went so fast, but I, we need to be more strategic about making sure our kids are thinking at high levels about some of these biblical concepts because the world will force them to think at high levels, real world levels with real stakes where life and death really happen. And so I bless you. I, I pray for you. I love you. Um, if you ever have any questions, let me know. Um, if, I, if I can share these slides and make it easier, let me know. Um, but I'm going to turn it over to Brother Healy. Thank you.